Today and welcome to another episode of Live Till Five. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Glad to have you with us today, Friday, April 7th, 3.04 p.m., episode 211, 211. This is our live local talk and variety program here on KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries here at the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. Glad you're with us today. We've been on the air for over 21 years at KHMG, broadcasting beautiful Christian music and Bible-based programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And every Friday afternoon for the last four years, give or take a couple Friday holidays, we have broadcast this live talk and variety program intended to entertain you a little bit, to inform you and edify you and encourage you in your spiritual walk. It's it's supposed to be a little lighthearted, but sometimes we do talk about heavy topics as well. We have some regular segments every week, including This Day in History, What Happened This Day in History, usually with Lawrence Nagengast, our history professor, The News with Chris Harper, Stranger than fiction stories, because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. We have some trivia, some idioms, some quotes, some classic quotes from the last century. We call it The Buck Stops Here, kind of keying in on the name of a book, but also the desk plaque on Harry S. Truman's desk of the same phrase. We have a topic of the day. And sometimes some special guests up here. Every guest is special, but sometimes some guests that are not our regular segment producers, but uh, people come up to talk about things happening in the community or just fun visitors that kind of serve as wingmen for us to be able to talk throughout the show, conversationalists. And today is such a day. We have some students coming up here from the Future Business Leaders of America. They should be coming in in a few minutes to talk about a program they're working on right now for charity. And then later in the hour, some special guests. And when I say special, I mean like really special, like special, special, special guests. Two of them whose combined height would be about eight and a half feet tall. That's all I'm saying right now. Later on, I'll introduce you to our special, special, special guests. They're actually going to be here to play What's in My Coffee with us for the first time. And they'll be talking a little bit about our topic of the day, which I shall keep nameless for now, but uh, glad that you're with us today on this 211th episode. You know, you're probably listening on the radio dial, driving home in car line or on your way to an errand. Maybe you're in a work vehicle and you're flipping the the little radio dial trying to find something to listen to. We hope you stay tuned to us. Two hours, you're going to love it. But if you ever miss part of the program, no worries. Noon to two Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights. Catch us on the rebound right here on 88.1 FM. So if you ever miss part of the show or you want to tell someone else to listen, 
Many of our listeners are not wall-to-wall, two-hour straight listeners, and so you can catch the show Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 and 9 p.m. You can also go to our website, khmg.org. There are about half a dozen different things you can do on that website as far as listening goes. You can listen live. So if you're sitting at your desk, maybe you're in the car now, but you're going to be sitting in front of a computer in a few minutes, you can actually go to khmg.org, and you can listen live now on our website. So in real time, you can listen to our live stream of our radio broadcast. Or you can listen to a podcast of this show later on. We upload it, so all our archived podcasts are in there as well. You can also listen to podcasts, which are basically record pre-recorded broadcasts of a number of great programs that we produce right here at Harvest Family Radio here in Guam, including but not limited to Building Great Leaders, Harvest Time, Living Redemptively, of course, Live Till Five, uh, Take Note, uh, to name a few. And so uh, Heart of Harvest, I believe, is also on there. So we want to make sure that you get a chance to listen to all of our locally produced programs, and you can download them and listen to them at your leisure. Maybe you're a podcast person. Uh, I like podcasts myself because I can listen to them when it's convenient. And so you can download our podcast there. Also, you can make contact with us through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio. Find us on Facebook. And then just click the little subscribe button, follow us, and then leave us a note. Let us know what you think about our radio station. Let us know some ideas you might have for programming, specifically maybe with Live Till 5. Let us know that uh, this is your favorite show, for example, maybe. Let us know if you're bringing a lemon chiffon cake or something like that. Any Anything, just any random thing, you know, like that. That'd be great. Gooseberry pie is nice with a little homemade whipped topping if, if you have some. So anything like that. Chocolate chip cookies are always great as well. So last time I said that, we actually did get chocolate chip cookies. So I'm just fishing for food right now because it's Friday afternoon and I'm a little bit hungry. 3.10 in the afternoon. We're going to take a short break here in just a second to listen to our Harvest highlights every day around this time. We play some interviews with some of our students of the week here at Harvest Christian Academy. So I want to make sure that you get to listen to those because of all the things we get feedback for, the Student of the Week interviews is one of our listening audience's favorite lightweight parts of our radio programs. And so stay tuned. Little Harvest Highlights coming up after this short break. back with a little more live till 5 is 3 16 p.m on friday april 7th here at khmg harvest family radio glad you could be with us here on live till 5 again you can listen to us online at khmg.org you can listen to the podcast you can email a link to friends and family you can tell us how much you love us however just 
you know, go to our website. Check it out, khmg.org. A lot of good programs on there, including, but not limited to, Live Till 5. You can also find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio. Just look us up, Harvest Family Radio Guam, and like us and leave us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Now, I am joined in studio by two Harvest Christian Academy students who are here to talk about something they're working on. One of them, Megan was here last year to talk about this, Uh, Megan McCann. I'm looking at the Atlas Future Business Leaders of America card 2017. Tell me a little bit about uh, what this card can do for people. So for those who get this card, they can go to the different establishments on it and purchase items on discounts, which is very beneficial for them. Absolutely. So uh, you have a lot of good restaurants and uh, places that you can shop here, including on the front side, I see Capriciosa, Tony Roma's, Cold Stone, Wendy's, uh, Pokey Fry. Yeah. I saw some people posting that today. And some of these are, are pretty significant. So you can get a free order of garlic toasted capriciosas. You can get a free onion loaf at Tony Roma's. That's like seven fifty, I think. Cold Stone, 15% off ice cream, $3 off large round cake. Wendy's, one free Junior Frosty. Free drink with purchase of Poke Bowl. You know, you could just go on a really fun evening and literally go to every one of these places and get all this. You'd have a stomach ache, but you'd feel so good that you saved all this money by just using this. It'd be one crazy night, but... Now, Kina, uh, how long have you been in the Future Business Leaders of America? I just started this year. Are you going to be a future business leader in America? I hope so. <laughs> oh, great. Awesome. So why did, the, why did each of you get involved in that organization? What is it about Future Business Leaders of America that interests you? Um, well, I joined last year, and it was because I really wanted to figure out what I wanted to do in life. So I tried different clubs, and this one was just really fun for me, just to talk to these companies and get them to be on this deal that we have yeah Kina why'd you get into it um I wasn't in the club last year and my friends were in it and I was really wondering about like the marketing and the business side of um, of the career in my future and so I was thinking about joining and so I joined this year all right and how much do these Kina how much do these cards cost uh, they're $15 each $15 and where can they purchase them you can purchase them at school here um, we're having a booth in front of the cafeteria today um, and we also have one in front of the FLC I believe and they sell for $15. All right. I think I just talked to Mr. Marshall. I think we're going to try and make these available through the coffee shop as well. Oh, wow. And at the front office so that people that might not catch the booth today, maybe they're listening to this broadcast on Saturday or Sunday, uh, we'll try by the middle of next week to have them available in the coffee shop so people can come. It is cash. You have to pay cash for them. Um, they can't buy it with a credit card in the coffee shop. They need to pay cash. But the it is a great deal. So for 15 bucks. You get uh, 50 cents off a drink, an infusion, yogurt land, 15% off, goodies, 10% off shoes and apparel. You could make your money back just on one goodies purchase. Uh, Charlie's uh, subs, 10% off combo. Cha time, 15% off the total. So if you go and get four Taiwan mango QQs, um, that's excellent. Uh, Let's see here. We also have, uh, let's see, Pyology, IHOP, Applebee's, Jamaican Grill, Nike, Mosa's and uh, Half Aloha and, uh, oh, uh, Kebab and Curry. And then what's that yellow one right there? What is that? That one is Rokona. Oh, okay. All right. Excellent. What, what is that? It's just a small business, but they sell a lot of treats and stuff. It's really good. Cool. Awesome. Great. Well, uh, people can get this card. It's good for uh, one whole year, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So when they get it, they can use it for the next 12 months and then um, just keep using it and using it. And the more you use it, the more awareness there is with businesses. So then next year they'll want to renew us and then we can find more businesses. So it creates a lot of value. Now, uh, Megan, tell me a little bit about where do the proceeds go? So let's say you sell 200 of these cards at 15 bucks a piece. That's like uh, 3,000 bucks. Where does the $3,000 go after the cost of making the cards? So 100% of the proceeds are donated, are donated to Harvest House. Wow, Harvest House, our foster care ministry. And, you know, Harvest House is only supported by donations, basically. So we don't have any regular revenue stream, and we could use the money. We were just looking at some things we need to get done this week, um, including hiring someone to help us do all the administrative work. So this would be a huge help. Well, now I hope you sell 5,000 of these. <laughs> so what's your goal? If you, could, if you could say, hey, this is the goal, this is the number we think we'd really like to sell this year, how many do you want to sell? Right now we have in stock about 200 cards, actually. Okay. And so from, by the end of this month, we're going to see how we're doing, and then we might order more cards. Okay, great. Yeah, I hope you sell out and then have to get more because a, it's a worthy cause. So basically, someone buys this for $15. It's like making a $15 donation to Harvest House or you know, give or take maybe a dollar or two to make the cards. And then um, they also have the privilege to be able to go and get a, a significant discount at a lot of great places here on Guam. So, and pretty much this is a list of every place I'd like to go every week. So uh, I need to get a couple of these. So I'll see you guys oh, later okay. to make sure I get some. And again, this is the Atlas Future Business Leaders of America discount card or privilege card. And you can get into all these Great restaurants, all the best places on Guam basically are giving a discount, plus some different apparel and sporting goods places, and uh, just um, just a great great opportunity, a great way to support a worthy cause. So now, before I let you guys go, now Kina, are you a junior this year? Yes. Okay, and Megan, you're a junior too, right? Yeah. So Megan, you've been here since like kindergarten, right? Yeah. Okay. Kina, you came a little later. I came starting third grade. Third grade. Okay. So. As we wrap up this year, all right, I'm going to ask you a random question to see if I can put you on the spot on the radio. So what are you going to do with your summertime? So I know it's, it's not that far away. There's only six weeks of school left. Megan, what are you going to do with your summertime this year? Um, my older sister is graduating college this year, so we're oh. going to go visit her. Oh, wow. Where is that at? Uh, Seattle. Nice. Yeah. Oh, great. And Kina, what are you doing this summer? Um, in June, I'm going to Thailand and Korea with my mom. Oh, I love Thailand. I haven't been to Korea. I'm sure I love that too, but you know, uh, awesome. Well, man, you guys, you got to survive the last six weeks of school. I'm sure you'll do fine. I'm sure you'll do fine. So, uh, great. Well, thanks for coming up and taking some of your Friday afternoon to tell us about it. And listeners, uh, you're welcome. Listeners want to make sure that, you know, you can stop by if you're listening live right now, 325 on Friday afternoon, April 7th, you can stop by the table in front of the cafeteria and purchase one of these Atlas business cards right now. Just uh, go see Megan, Kina, and the rest of their crew, and they will get you all set up because the Atlas card is a great deal, and it's a big donation to Harvest House Foster Care Ministry, and we need your donations. So it's a perfect match. And then go get a Junior Frosty tonight. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, a little bit of Stranger Than Fiction, maybe the Idiom Game, a couple other fun stuff. So, uh, listeners, stick around more Live Till 5 after this short break.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5 Friday, April 7th, 3.28 p.m. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon. Let me ask you a question, just between me and you. Are you a Luddite? Are you a Luddite? You ever heard anyone use that phrase before? If you watch... BBC type shows every once in a while they will throw out terms and in the context of what they're saying you can kind of figure out what they're talking about I heard someone use the phrase Luddite before L-U-D-D-I-T-E with a capital L Luddite and a Luddite I've heard that phrase before but I did not know what it meant But I looked it up, and now I do. And I ask you again, are you a Luddite? Let me ask, uh, you know, there are people in the studio here who are highly educated men who have been literally all around the world and back again, wordsmiths by profession. Let me ask Chris, do you know what a Luddite is? I I do not know what a Luddite is. Okay. I've heard I've heard it said. Yeah. But I, I don't know what it is, no. Sebastian, have you ever heard the phrase Luddite? L U D D I T E. Capital L. Luddite or Lud is shorter for La. And really what that means is they have nothing going on in their mind. La? La is Luddite. Lud is longer than La, dude. <laughs> How can it be short for La? Trust me on this. I'm a professional. Okay, yes. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for grasping uh, for something. But uh, actually, uh, so let me ask you this then. Since you obviously don't have any clue what Luddite is, um, would you think that you are one? If you were to say you were or you were not one, are you a Luddite? Capital L-U-D-D-I-T-E. Are you a Luddite? I am a professional Luddite. You are. Yeah. Okay. And Chris, are you a Luddite? I mean, not that I know of. Okay. All right. Well, let me uh, let me uh, uh, enlighten you. According to BBC News Magazine, Are You a Luddite? This is from a couple years ago. It's popular to retort to someone struggling to operate their new smartphone or refusing to buy their latest gizmo. You're such a Luddite. There's another word for it. Technophobe. But it doesn't convey the same sense of irrational hostility to the modern world. So where did Luddite come from? Well, in the midst, according to this article from BBC News, in the midst of the British Industrial Revolution, skilled textile workers feared for their jobs. An uprising began in 1811 when the Nottinghamshire weavers attacked the new automated looms that were replacing them. The workers took inspiration from the fabled General Ludd or King Ludd living in Sherwood Forest. His fanciful name may have come from the young Leicestershire weaver named Ned Ludd. It's just Lester. No, this is... I Leicestershire? There's Leicestershire. Leicester is a city or a right. town in Leicestershire. Of course. So Leicestershire. Uh, anyway, weaver named Led, Ned Ludd, who in the late 18th century was rumored to have smashed two stocking frames. The machine breaking spread to West Yorkshire wool workers and Lancashire cotton mills in what the historian Eric Hosbaum called collective bargaining by riot. Machinery was wrecked. Mills were burned down and the Luddites fought pitched battles with the British Army. So anyway, <laughs> that's 
where yes. the term Luddites came from. People that not only don't like technology, but they actually have irrational an irrational rejection of technology. Yes, I've, I've heard this. People yeah. will say things like this, like, you, you'll say, well, uh, let me just get on my computer here and look this up. And they'll say, I don't even know how to turn right. a computer right. on. That's right. And they're sort of proud of it. And, yes. And also sort of angry at the same yes, time. Yes, exactly. It's kind of a they resent combo. It. Yes, yeah. that's right. So like people that would say, I'll never read a book on a, on a, you know, on a tablet. Right. Paper is the only way to go for me. You know, right. you could say, well, you're such a Luddite. You know, you don't like technology. <laughs> you don't like the... You know, the advances that have just naturally occurred, you know, through technology. In so, that yeah. case, uh, Sebastian, you are not a Luddite. Not at all. Not a professional Luddite, certainly. No. I no. was joking. Yes, well. Oh. We, and, Thanks. you know, the, the person who could use this phrase a lot would be uh, Carl Giese in our IT department and Tom right. Allen. Because they could, basically, if you break technology, they could accuse you of being a Luddite. You know, right. so... Anyway, you don't want to be a Luddite. That'd anyway, be a little harsh. It's a, it's, I, just, I was just trying to give a little historical context to an obscure phrase that no one's ever heard. So now, the, it is April, and uh, last week it wasn't, and now it is. And so I want to inform you on the things that are happening in April, as provided by Bob the Librarian, who provides me with monthly updates of different uh, observances and things in the month of April, including but not limited to Brussels. Brussels sprouts and cabbage month. I almost said Brussels sprouts awareness month like it was a bad thing. Brussels sprouts and cabbage month. Alcohol awareness month. Arab American heritage month. Car care. Celebrate diversity. Caesarean. uh, Community service. Community spirit. Confederate history. Counseling awareness. Couple appreciation. Cranberries and gooseberries, which I mentioned previously in the show. Deaf history. Uh, let's see here. Dear Drop Everything and Read Month, Defeat Diabetes Month, and Emotional Overeating Awareness Month. I didn't know there was such a thing, but just it <laughs> now sounds, you're aware. Yes, and it, yeah. it it sounds so distressing. Now I'm even more hungry than I was before. Here's some of the weekly observances. Uh, let's see here. Bat Appreciation Week. We're coming to the end of that. Consider Christianity Week. I think that's the day after April Fool's Day, which some Christians say is National Atheist Day. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but consider Christianity April 2nd through the 8th. Golden Rule Week, which is more of a uh, humanistic take on a Christian principle. Laugh at Work Week. That's every week for me. (laughs) Medication Safety. National Bake Week, which ends this weekend. National Window Safety. National Work Zone Awareness and National Youth Violence Prevention Week, to name a few. Oh, the Masters Tournament was also this week, by the way. April Fool's Day was this past week, and Boomer Bonus Days. On the 2nd, International Children's Book Day, and National Ferret Day. Never had a reason to celebrate that. Uh, The 3rd of April was Don't Go to Work Unless It's Fun Day. Try that. That's every day for me. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy work every day. That's good. Because you, you'll you enjoy it a lot less if you get canned for not going to work because it wasn't fun. <laughs> the fourth is Hug a Newsman Day. So Chris should have got a lot of hugs on the fourth because he is our in-resident newsman. Um, let's see. Uh, Child Help National Day of Hope was the fifth. And Go for Broke Day, Gold Star Wives Day, National Caramel Day. The sixth, yesterday, American Immigration Lawyers Association Day of Action. 
That's a mouthful. Army Day, California Poppy Day, Drowsy Driver Awareness Day, and Hostess Twinkie Day. I, I, I like me some Hostess Twinkies. They're very good. Remember when they discontinued them for a short period of time a couple years ago that. yeah there was a there was an uprising yes know, so. it was there was a, there was basically it was equivalent yeah. to the luddite revolution we don't want to go back about to twinkies that. it was they there was a run on them here on guam and you couldn't get them for a little while right and uh our little local convenience store had boxes of them so one of our enterprising staff members went and bought all the boxes from them and then was selling them individually, I believe. Those so. are dark times. Yes. It only lasted for a few weeks, and then they got picked back up again. But it was but like it was a like month a, or so, a couple yeah, months. Yeah, it was. And I think it was similar times. to the um, the about. new Coke the yeah. new Coke fiasco, where I, it might have been totally artificially talking manufactured. Talking about first world problems here. Yeah, really. Well, where's my Twinkies? I have to get an off-brand Zinger. I actually don't eat them much. Man. But. How about this? Coffee cake day is today. Uh, let's see here. Uh... Metric System Day, National Walk to Work Day. That's every day for Sebastian. Walk to Work Day. It is. Yep. And World Health Day is all today. So a lot of things have happened this week, most of them obscure, and except for Ferret Day, which was huge. And then, of course, there's a number of uh, other things that we'll talk about as we go through the month. I was looking back. Also, Bob the Librarian provides us with Throwback Thursday. So we do this day in history, which we'll be getting to in a little while when Lawrence Nagas comes up here. But Bob sends me the Fact Sites Throwback Thursday page every week. Now, because it happens on Thursday, you know, the old TBT Throwback Thursday, it doesn't correspond with Friday the 7th. This is actually for Thursday the 6th. But it's kind of this week in history. It gives us a little preview for what to look on here. 1862, the Battle of Shiloh, a major Civil War battle, began. Casualties were high on both sides, which led to the realization for both Northerners and Southerners that the Civil War was going to be a long, bloody conflict. 1909, African-American explorer Matthew Henson reached the North Pole with Robert E. Perry. They're credited with being the first to reach the North Pole. Perry described Henson as the most valuable member of his crew. The two are buried next to each other at Arlington National Cemetery. That's I didn't know that. That was really interesting. Wow. Perry and Hinson. Uh, 1917, a few months after President Wilson's re-election, he signed congressional resolutions that officially entered the U.S. into World War I. 1938, Roy Plunkett made an amazing discovery. While reviewing a failed experiment, he discovered a white, waxy substance. He invented Teflon, the nonstick coating. Wow. Uh, let's see here. 1945, a sad day in history. The SS began to force uh, the forced evacuation of more than 28,000 prisoners from Buchenwald as allies were beginning to liberate the concentration camps. During their march, about 8,000 prisoners died or were shot. Buchenwald was liberated on April 11th. One of the individuals liberated from the camp was Ellie Weissel, a Nobel Prize winning author who was 15 at the time. Wow, dark days little hope there at the end when they were liberated. And, of course, one of my favorite segments, which I'd like to just take a moment to introduce to you. It's called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a successful American, including but not limited to scholars, theologians, 
politicians, statesmen, and barons of industry. This segment's brought to us by a book of the same name where I got the idea from Horton, Horace Martin Woodhouse. The buck stops here. And today, the desk plaque, the little sign on this guy's desk, two words, look ahead. He was a U.S. Democratic senator from the state of Mississippi, served over 41 years, became the most senior member by his retirement, unanimously selected President Pro Tem of the Senate during the 100th Congress. During his Senate career, he chaired various times Select Committee, Standards of Conduct, Armed Services Committee, Appropriations Committee, etc. Because of his work with the Armed Services Committee, he became known as the Father of America's Modern Navy, and he was subsequently honored by having a supercarrier named after him. He is one of only two members of Congress to be so honored. His name, John C. Stennis, and I have heard of the aircraft carrier, the John C. Stennis, and the little plaque on John C. Stennis's desk said, look ahead, look ahead, and that is The Buck Stops Here. I love seeing what motivates people and what what is it that they look at every day that kind of gives them a little bit of inspiration. It's always fun to take a look at that, so... We're going to take another short break. When we come back, I've heard that Sebastian might have a little trivia for us, a little little something fun for our listening audience at home. And so I want to make sure that uh, you guys get to participate in that. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more Live Till 5 after this. With a little more live till five, I'm your host Jared Baldwin. Friday, April seventh. That's today, three forty-seven p.m. That's the time. Eighty-eight point one FM. That's the location, and you're in the right spot. Even if you accidentally came across our show, this is live till five. Our live local talking variety program here on eighty-eight point one FM, KHMG Harvest Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today. We do this every Friday. At least we have for about the last 211 Fridays. Boy, that's a that's a lot of a lot of Fridays down the down the drain. If if it wasn't so worth it, <laughs> down the drain. Huh? <laughs> down the drain. If it was a waste of time, which it is not. We love doing this show. So we even have people listening, you know, via FaceTime all around the world. We have people listening through our website, uh, khmg.org. We have people listening to the podcasts. We have people listening on the old radio dial. We have people sitting around the Victrola in the living room. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Okay, yeah. it's okay. It's a, it's a, it's an old radio company that's out of business now, I think. But anyway, we 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 have listeners everywhere. Every week, anecdotal evidence that we have listeners everywhere. 
people walk up to us and say, I heard what you said. And not, unless they're lying. I mean, I, yeah. I, uh, it is anecdotal evidence, but I suppose it's also it probably admissible in the court of law as I well. I would hope so. I would but, hope so. Yeah. And now, last week, I should have made a shout out. Last week, one of our topics was uh, the Netherlands, also known as Holland, was one of our big topics. And one of my best friends that happens to be of Dutch descent came up to me Sunday and said, we were listening to that show and our Dutch parents were, you know, we sent them the podcast. So my shout out to uh, Dr. D and his family, uh, who happened to also be Dutch. So that's that's a lot of D's there, (laughs) Dr. D. And his wife's also a D and they are Dutch. And uh, so, um, yeah, all my Knickerbocker friends, we we do welcome you to the listening audience and uh, we appreciate your your patronage and we hope that uh, you stay tuned for the whole show if you ever miss part of the show by the way listeners you can always tune in saturdays noon to two sunday nights seven to nine p.m catch us on the rebound we know many of you cannot listen two straight hours some of you you can only listen two minutes at a time so you can just keep listening that way or you can go to our website khmg.org you can download the podcast of this show and many other great programs that we produce here at khmg here locally great programming on our radio station and uh so yeah go to our website also let us know you're listening through our facebook page harvest family radio look for us like us leave us a note now we do have an extra wingman in here but i can't call her a wingman because she's not a man so it's a wing woman wing gal what what do we sarah i don't know what to call you i usually if someone's sitting there i say hey it's it, we have a wingman here with us but you're not a wingman do you have a, a preference of what you'd like us to call you i don't know uh, to be honest, I'm not really fast with coming up with something. That's okay. It's all right. I'll just make up a name for you. You're a wing person. Uh, we're just gonna make you a wing person. That so, works. yeah. So she's she's our wing person for today. I think one of her friends is also coming up here in a little bit. They're gonna be talking about the topic of the day with us in the second hour. But I invited Sarah to come up a little earlier because she's always full of fun ideas. First off, and uh, she's always telling me these crazy stories. And so second hour, I'm gonna have her share a few of those. And then also, I figured, well, if they're coming up, they might as well play a little What's in My Coffee with us. And Sebastian happens to have this trivia game. While we're waiting for this day in history, we're going to play a little trivia. So, Sebastian, uh, any general topic of this trivia? Or, like, we head in a direction with it? Or is it just totally random? Oh, this trivia is uh, it's pretty specific. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, introduce it to us and uh, tell us the rules and then what's the prize and... You know, how yes. it, will it be ranked? Where will we be able to find it online? This things is, like that. This is sleep trivia. Sleep trip. Perfect. Because that goes with our topic <laughs> of the know, day. It's Very like, good. It was meant to be. Our topic of the day happens <laughs> to be dreams. The yes. word of the day is dreams. I totally didn't do Sleep trivia. Okay. Uh, so if you were taking a nap uh, <laughs> earlier, you could just tell Chris that you're working on the show. Yes. Right. Research. Research. Um, there you go. I would have bought it in his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy! There we go. It, the corn has begun. Okay, so <laughs> sleep trivia. Okay, you guys ready? All I'm going to do is I'm going to give the question, and I'll give the the answers, um, and you have to select one of the answers, multiple choice. Okay, oh, and um, great. But it gives I won't us a be fair able to chance. get through all of it, so I'm just going to get a couple. We'll and, knock a few so. out, and maybe we'll do a few second hour. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Here we go. In the Middle Ages, how did families customarily sleep? A, on elevated quarters similar to what we now call a loft bed to keep their distance from vermin. B, in <laughs> one big bed to conserve heat. C, in cribs. 
through adulthood to prevent mid-slumber head injuries, or D, in hammock-like devices. <laughs> Is this all over the world, or in what mm. culture are we referring to? We're here? referring to That's in the Middle question. Ages. Are these the, the Middle Ages people just from uh, Papua New Guinea? Let's go, with, let's go with the UK. Okay, okay. in the UK, probably. Yeah. Okay. okay, all right. I want the vermin answer. Yes, uh, yeah. I would also go with the loft bed. Yeah. I think I will too. That's just, I like that answer better. That's I don't care right. whether it's right or not. Well, you know what? I don't care. Because um, it's B in one big bed to consider. <laughs> one big bed? What if it's no, one big right. loft bed? Both rich and poor families huddled in mono beds, which one main difference. With one main difference, rich people's servants slept on straw mats a few feet away. Wow. To conserve wow. heat. I mean, if you think about it, they, like, they didn't have air conditioning. Yeah, we don't do that because we're trying to conserve cold. Yes. <laughs> Put okay. a bunch of those hot, kid, hot kids in your bed. Okay. All right. So none of us got that right. Zero, zero, zero. Zero, zero, zero. Okay. Um, next question. Who's credited with inventing the Uberman sleep? Uh, the who? Uberman. Uh, Uberman? Uh, what is a that? A schedule that consists of six 20-minute naps each day. Instead, okay. of, oh, instead of giving your eight, okay, eight hours it. in, you sleep 20 minutes. 20 minutes at a time. For, uh, yeah, six times throughout like the day. Like half of each college class period. Yes, pretty much. And then you stay <laughs> up all night. So we have, hey, we have A, uh, sleep hacker, uh, pure doxic in the early 2000s. B, Ronald Reagan's first chief of staff, James Baker, in 1982. C, historian A. Roger Eckrick. In 1996, or D, uh, celebrity fitness guru Tracy Anderson in 2007. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> you just took obscure to a whole new level. Yeah. Let's guru, see. Guru. And it's, it's, the, the it's, guru. The Oberman, it's the Oberman sleep sleep method? Yeah, I've, I've okay. heard of this outside of this, too. It's where you okay. try Yes, yeah. 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 Um, I think it's the, the guy from the early 1900s, the sleep sleep. What did you say? Sleep hacker? Uh-huh. Sleep hacker. Okay. okay. All right. Sleep hacker. I'm going with the guru guy. Guru. And what was C? I thought I liked... Historian. Uh, a. Roger. I Eckert. think I'm doing that one. So All right. C. And the correct answer is A. Sleep hacker. Oh, wow. nice. I'm um, full of worthless information. Also a <laughs> blogger who goes by the pseudonym Mary, Marie. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very creative pseudonym, too. I, wow. I guess. Um, well, all right. So, n- next question. When and why did the siesta emerge in Spain? You have A. You all know what a siesta is, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. yes. Okay. I'm getting a take <laughs> one right now. A, in the 1600s, because a, a still unnamed member of the royal family began taking naps. Uh, B, in the 1800s, because factory workers post-lunch shift change created a natural break in the workday. C, in the 1300s, because peasants in the Basque region blamed the Black Death on exhaustion. Or D, in the 1700s, because farmers retreated indoors for a break during the hottest part of the day. Going with B. I was thinking B also. The natural break in the day? Yes, from the factory workers. I'm going with C, the Black Death. Two B, the Basque one C, region. Yes. and the correct answer is D. D, the farmers. <gasps> It is correct. Told you I'm It is correct. Foiled by farmers again. <laughs> Non-farming Spaniards subsequently adopted the siesta. Now, after hundreds of years, the custom is on decline. But that might not be so true because 
I think college students take it all the time. Okay. Yes. Keep going. Uh, we got time for two more questions. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do this. Um, in 1846, Mass- Massachusetts man Albert Tyrell became the first American to use the sleepwalking defense successfully. Oh. Tyrell was found not guilty of A, robbing a jewelry store, B, stabbing his father-in-law, C, killing a woman and burning down the building, or D, performing a hit and run. Wow. I think it's A for me. I think... Robbing a jewelry store. I I would say D, hit and run. Yeah, I'm going to say D as well. Well, as far as the A one goes, you'd be sleep robbing and not sleep walking. (laughs) (laughs) But the correct answer is C, actually killing a woman and burning the building down. Oh, wow. Wow. I know. He got away with it. We are terrible at this game. Okay, last question. (laughs) All right, last question. Okay. Um,. (laughs) Pick the best one. I know. Us to sleep I'm looking, man. I'm looking. <laughs> I, I'm trying to pick the best we one. We don't want our listeners to take a siesta right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. Okay. Yeah. How about this? Our modern day use of the term, term nightmare dates back to the 19th century. Until then, nightmare more specifically referred to A, bad dreams during childhood, B, nighttime hysteria, C, sleep paralysis, or D, funny dreams. Wow. <laughs> I'm going with A. A, bad dreams during yeah. childhood. Yeah, bad dreams during childhood. I would say sleep paralysis. That's what sleep I was going to say. This quiz is kind of a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. For those answering questions. Yes, the correct answer is C, sleep paralysis. Yes. Wow. To be more, more precise, nightmare... Nightmare referred either to the experience of sleep paralysis itself. Wow. So Great. So for those keeping score at home, that is all-around good guy and station manager Chris Harper, zero goose egg, <laughs> nada. Sarah, the wing person, one. Jared Baldwin, the host of Live Till Five, two points. And the winner of the Trivia Worldwide Championship. Congratulations. So I'm going to go take Get a down. siesta during this news break. <laughs> Guys, stick around. Listeners, stick around as well. We're going to have a second hour of Live Till 5. Lots of fun coming your way with Leah Bear coming in to join us and Lawrence Nagengast. And we're going to do a little This Day in History, Stranger Than Fiction, Idioms, What's in My Coffee, and the news all in the second hour. So stick around for more Live Till 5 after SRN News. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG. Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. And we're back with a second hour of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Friday, April 7th, 4.04 p.m. Here at the studios of KHMG, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries. From the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. In studio, we literally have a, a, a full cadre of, of talent 
Not a virtual cornucopia? We have a virtual cornucopia on their way. Oh. Uh, the virtual cornucopia of, it's, they're really a plethora of talent, would be uh, Lawrence Nagengast and Leah Bear. But uh, before they get here, I do have this cohort, this cadre of talent, including but not limited to Sarah Rowe, who's the wing person of the day, uh, to my right, straight ahead, Sebastian Basildua, who is, uh, you know, kind of like our, our new, he's not really a page boy, he's, he's a little too big to be a page boy you know he's like a, <laughs> he's, <laughs> something earlier what, what have we him been calling was, him when he, when he was interviewing the kids you said that he oh, was a scary a, a, a hulking hulking giant a hulking giant a hulking yeah. giant and compared to that's giant. relative i didn't yeah, mean relatively it's relative to the person who's now doing the interviews who would be the opposite of a hulking giant right so more of like a small daisy and then you have <laughs> You know, a Sasquatch picking the daisy. And it's like, oh, there's uh, Sebastian and Deborah. <laughs> and then we have Chris, of course, all around good guy and station manager. And then myself, Jared Baldwin, who weekly sticks his foot in his mouth. And that's why most people listen and also pay attention during church announcements. I would like to share with you some, some idioms. This is something we've been doing for a long time. PC, one of our faithful listeners, she provided me with this book a while back. And when she gave it to me, it was new, crisp, had that new book smell. Now, not so much. That's now it is worn out. The pages are tattered and torn. The cover is all bent. It is the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban. More than 700 sayings and expressions. It's a scholastic book. It has a little monkey on the front. And uh, anyway, just trying to give you a mental picture for all those listeners at home or those that are driving around. Let me share a few idioms with you because I have actually heard back from some people who they're like, thank you very much for the idioms. They are learning English. They know some of the turns of phrase that we use, but they don't know where they come from. Or they might not understand the context, so they might not use them properly, or they might mix some of them up. Or some of us that we have heard certain phrases and we use them, but we don't really know why we say what we say. So let me give you a few idioms today. And then we'll play this day in history in just a little while once Lawrence and Leah get here. Pie in the Sky. In 1906, an American Union organizer wrote a song called The Preacher and the Slave. And it had these words, work and pray, live on the hay, you get pie in the sky when you die. That's a lie. Pie meant decent working conditions and good wages. Union workers wanted those things while they were while they were alive, not after they died, the song was popular and the phrase pie in the sky came to mean promised pleasures that probably won't come true or rewards that are given after you die. Pie in the sky, something not possible, an unrealistic hope. Piece of cake. This phrase could have come from the African-American dance contest in the mid-19th century. Contestants made up the complex strutting movements, usually with high steps. The winner won a cake. Seriously. The dance was called the cakewalk, and the expression take the cake also comes from this. Related expression is easy as pie, meaning especially easy, piece of cake. Or it's not going to be a cakewalk. It won't be a cakewalk if it's not a piece of cake. Right. Uh, and if you uh, if it's the best one ever, it takes the cake. How about this one? Play both ends. Can't have your cake and eat it, too. That's Marie Antoinette. That was a whole different uh, nationality. No. no, that's the let them eat cake. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> that one, too. All right. Yes. Have you ever done a cake a cakewalk? I have not. Is there such a have yes, you done a cakewalk? I have actually. Um, you you a, walk around the cake or No. There's um uh, it was at a small church uh, growing up and a, a few of the ladies in the church bake 
cakes and they have numbers with them and then you have circles on the floor that have the numbers and you walk around kind of like musical chairs and when they stop the music musical cakes musical cakes pretty much how come i've never heard of this before <laughs> we need to try this in the office monday okay you're gonna make a cake come on i'll bring a cake <laughs> how about little debbie snack cakes we start off small I'll start, yes. yeah, start small. we'll just do like a little debbie snack cake maybe some zingers and invite, some oatmeal rounds. cream pies please advise fudge yeah. rounds <laughs> little debbie yeah some maybe some ho hos and uh, Twinkies. We already talked about Twinkies. So the Dunkin Sticks. Man, oh, I love Dunkin yeah. Sticks, and, and Nutty Bars. Mm. Nutty Bars. Anyway, sorry, I just gained a pound talking about that. Play both ends <laughs> against the middle. In the 1800s, there was a popular card game in America called Pharaoh, F A R O. I've heard of this, in which the dealer allowed a double bet by a player. The phrase was later applied to dishonestly using two opposing sides for one selfish purpose. To pit two opponents against each other is to play both ends against the middle. But basically, you're benefited by the two opponents. So, uh, play cat and mouse. If you're in a room with both a cat and a mouse, you might observe the way a sneaky cat treats the poor little rodent. So, this is where the phrase, obviously, kind of self-explanatory. Play cat and mouse to tease or fool someone. Play fast and loose. This saying may have come from the 14th century game in which tricksters, a lot of games here today, tricksters cheated people at country, country fairs by challenging them to perform impossible tricks and then taking their money when they couldn't do it. Mm. The game involved loops with a piece of string or folds and a belt. In the late 1500s, William Shakespeare used the phrase in some of his plays. People who play fast and loose promise to do one thing and then do another to play Fast and loose. I've heard people use that phrase uh, talking about the media in their handling of factual information. They play fast and loose with the information. You know, right. it kind of has a little deceptive quality there. Play it by ear. Where do you think this comes from, sir? To play something by ear. I would obviously think um, music. I think you're right. Ever since the 1600s, people have been using the expression to mean playing a song by remembering the melody, not by reading the sheet music. You hear the song in your head, and you don't need to look at the notes to perform it. But 300 years later, the saying took on an additional meaning, to improvise what you do without planning ahead. Suppose you decide to go to a new place without learning about it. Then you have to play it by ear when you get there and decide where you're going to stay and what you're going to do without knowing what to expect in advance. In emergency situations, people often have to play it by ear. It means to figure out what you're going to do as you go along instead of beforehand. It comes from a musical origin there. Very you good. You fly by the seat of your pants as well. That's yes. another one. <laughs> That's right. So Same you play thing. it by ear while fly you're flying by, by the seat of your pants. Right. That'd be an interesting cartoon. How about this? Play second fiddle. An orchestra, there are roles in an orchestra. The first violin or fiddle. The second fiddle is, of course, behind the first fiddle. The person who plays first violin is supposed to be the most important musician in the orchestra. So since at least the middle 1700s, when this saying was first used, playing second fiddle meant to act in a smaller part or be in a lower position rather than the leader to play second fiddle. Do you know the difference between a violin and a fiddle? Uh, the Mason-Dixon line. No, it's it's more like this. Uh, a, a violin has strings, uh-huh. and a fiddle has strings. Strings. Oh, I knew that was coming. I fell for that. I knew yeah. that was coming. <sighs> I'm not just fiddling around on this show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Play the field. 
During the 19th century, gamblers who wanted to increase their chances of winning money at a horse race bet on every horse except for the favorite. This was called, quote-unquote, playing the field of horses. Later, the phrase was extended to other areas of life, especially dating. To have many sweethearts or dates without going steady or committing yourself to one person. Playing the field. Don't do that, by the way, young people. Play with fire. This expression is commonly used for hundreds of years, at least since the late 1500s. The metaphor is clear. If you're being irresponsible about something dangerous or inviting disaster, it's like playing with fire. You're taking a big risk. Point of no return. During World War II, pilots knew that they only had enough fuel to fly a certain number of miles. The point where they could reach a crucial mark, they called the point of return. Basically, if they continued to fly on, they would not have enough fuel to return to their home base. Point of no return. Poor as a church mouse. This simile first appeared in English in the 17th century. Originally, it was hungry as a church mouse because a mouse that was so unlucky to live in a church would soon find no food there. Unless it's a Baptist church, of course, there's lots of potlucks and we drop our food all over the floor. But anyway, churches in the 1600s had no kitchens to cook meals and no pantries to store food. A smart mouse would take up residence in the cellar of a house, restaurant, or grocery store. As years went by, hungry was changed to poor, and the idiom became popular in many countries. It means very poor, poverty-stricken, to be poor as a church mouse. A couple more here. Pot calling the kettle black. The person criticizing another person's faults is guilty of the same faults himself or herself. The theory about the origin of this idiom goes back to the early 1600s. It suggests that a pot and a kettle both got black from standing too long over open fire. The pot couldn't fault the kettle for being blackened by smoke because the pot was the same color. In the same way, you can't criticize a person for something if the fault is one of yours too. A similar idea is contained in the saying, people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. We already talked about that one last week. Here's one you might never have heard before, and I'll end with this one, and then we'll take a short break. Pour oil on troubled waters. Have you ever heard that before? Have you ever heard pour oil on troubled waters? That just sounds really, uh, sounds like a very unusual phrase. Pour oil on troubled waters. As early as AD 731, this expression referred to the belief that if you poured oil on rough, stormy ocean waves, it would calm them. Now it means to smooth over a stormy or disturbed situation of any kind on land or sea. To calm an angry quarrel is to pour oil on troubled waters. And those are our idioms for today. Hopefully, you are much more brilliant than you were when you started this show. Now let's take a short break. When we come back, we have some special guests, Leah Bear, Sarah Rowe, Sebastian, Lawrence, Chris, and myself, Jared Baldwin, the host of Live Till 5, for 15 p.m. on Friday, April 7th, episode 211 of Live Till 5. Stick around more Live Till 5 after this short break.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's 4.19 p.m. on Friday, April 7th. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, episode 211. Find us on khmg.org. You download the podcast of this show and many other great programs that we produce right here in our studios of KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, here on Guam. Join in studio now. The much-anticipated arrival of not only Lawrence Nangas, who's here literally all the time, except for when he's not, and Leah Bear, who's... Leah, you've been on the show before, right? I think so. Yeah, I think we talked about, like, concert, orchestra, something maybe. Did you come up here with Kelly Schlarb one time? Or No. It could no. have been a moral support trip. Were you in the ballet? No. Okay, I, I knew it was something. It was something. You were there's a height requirement. It'll 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 come. Yeah, you cannot be over five foot tall. Apparently, I just was with all the ballet performers. Unless you're a dude, and then you know you got to be tall. Anyway, hey, we're all here. Leah, you're our second wing person. Okay, we just talked about second fiddle. That's kind of what you are, but we don't have any fiddles, so we're second wing person. Sarah's first wing person. Lawrence, this day in history. Sebastian. Yeah. Um, what did I say? Hulking giant. I just miss. I just miss Sebastian's fresh start. I don't know where that went. Or yeah. a fresh take. What was fresh it when take. he was cracking open a seven up? Yes. Yes, <laughs> you can do that back. again. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah, bring it back. I like bringing back the the oldies but goodies. And yeah. then of course Chris Harper's here, all around good guy and station manager, and uh, also uh, the weekly fact checker and <laughs> overall quality control agent. Pretty much everything that goes. Right or wrong during this two hours, directly attributed to Chris and his talent and skill. So everything I've learned in the last you get the wrong two years, Chris. That's that's really kind. I've I've got it all from him. I I really draw a direct link uh, to my career back to Chris because um, really I knew the biz before Chris came, but I didn't know it in the way that Chris knew it until now, and now I do. And I'm blessed for it. So, <laughs> hey, you know what we're going to do right now is something that Sarah and Leah have never been able to do with us before. But it's one of the segments we've been playing ever since week number one, 210 episodes ago. This segment's brought to us by Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore. The best little coffee shop on Guam. Offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, and gifts. Including the largest selection of Yankee candles and all of Mong Mong Totu and Mai Tea. I go there every day. <laughs> I really do. To the coffee shop, not to Mong Mong Totu and Mai Tea. That's right across the street, but I might or might not you can go look at it. Yeah. So let's play What's in My Coffee. Now, we each have drinks in front of us. And for you wing people, uh, wing persons, uh, number one, number two, basically you have to drink uh, deeply from what's in front of you, and then you have to describe it. The color, the texture, the smell, the, the flavor, what it reminds you of, um, things like that. And then what we do at the end is we do the big reveal, and the listeners at home are like, ah, oh, I want to get one of those. So, all right, we'll let Lawrence start because oh boy. he's a good example of how to do this. He pretty much nails it every week. He's got every drink memorized down there. You know, you set me up uh, for the time that I don't exactly know it. I think it's, I knew your it's, day would come. It's more simple, I think, than I. Uh, I think it's just a, a vanilla cold brew. Um, you know, with it looks some melted creamy, ice. iced. Yeah, it's really good. Nice little tan trouser look. Uh, look we've gone, look, yeah, they gap, do gap, roughly, roughly right a perfect there. match. Gap relaxed fit. Um, so yeah, a delicious, refreshing drink for four o'clock in the afternoon. I've enjoyed it yeah. so far. It was a little melty just because you guys mm-hmm. had a long maths meeting. Yeah, so. but my straw goes to the bottom, so I don't get the ice water. There you go. All right, it's really great. Good. All right, now Sebastian, uh, yours can be described only as 
I'll, I'll just go. I'll okay, just go. all right. Okay, when I take a drink of it, okay? It reminds me of a cold breeze at the top of the mountain because there's all this air mm-hmm. and nothing else. Yes. Because I drank it all because it was so good. Yes. <laughs> and And I think that it is a creamy vanilla bean. Creamy vanilla bean iced. Okay, all right. Yes. Like the mountains of Illinois. Yeah. Where the wolves are I'm from frozen. a previous segment. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, Sarah, describe what you're drinking. It looks like a hot drink. It's in a hot drink cup. It's mm-hmm. got number six on the side. What does it taste like? Um, well, it's very sweet, and I, I feel like I know it has chocolate in it, so I don't know if it's a mocha, but I have the feeling that it doesn't have any coffee in it. I feel like it's a hot chocolate with macadamia nut, flavoring mm. i don't know but that's very just specific guess well yeah you, you'll never know till i read it off of said piece of paper right here so True. um i think leah you have a special drink you can't say what it is but you just gotta describe what it tastes like well it's definitely cool and refreshing um kind of a berry taste to it and it's almost like it's just revitalizes you, mm. you know, yes. very invigorating. To quench your thirst? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. All right. Okay. And then mine, it's it's hot. It's got a nice little crema froth on top. Uh, they even put the JB on the side. They put a JB on the side because, you know, that's how we roll up here. This yep. has a, it's creamy and it does have caffeine in it, probably a shot of espresso, a little milk that's been uh, steamed into it, a little froth that's melted into it, a little sweet. But the reason it has JB on it's probably sugar-free. It's probably sugar-free. So and sugar-free vanilla latte. I think you... He, see, Lawrence is so good, <laughs> he can tell other people what they're drinking. <laughs> that is just... Those are mad skills, Lawrence. So yeah, let's, let's see what we shop. have here. Let's let's just see what we have. Chris, did you get a drink, by the way? Would you like to come it's, and describe it's back it? there. No, okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll just tell everyone Chris had. He's happy. He likes it. Yeah. He said it was very tasty. It's probably his classic mocha, which he has described, I would say, at least 15 times. Yes. So. He should do some voiceover work <laughs> just for the hub. <laughs> just for the mocha. So uh, let's see. Do I have number one? Yes, I do. And Lawrence, sugar-free vanilla latte. Dude, come on. Uh, number two. Who had drink number? That's the one that's sitting here sweating right now. Um, that is a hazelnut latte, iced. Who had number three? That is a caramel cold brew. Ooh, I was car- it's caramel. caramel. I said vanilla. Yes. <laughs> Off. Um, some people might call it caramel. Yeah. Mount Caramel. That's mm-hmm. probably the right way to say it. It's like the Harvard drink of Guam. Uh, number four. Who had number four? Hazelnut mocha. And Chris, is that a thumbs up? That's a big thumbs up from Chris there, hazelnut mocha. And who had number five? Okay. And you had a white mocha with vanilla. Wow. Yeah, so it's a, it a confusion in a cup. And then finally, number six, Sarah, wing person number one, coconut mocha. Well, coconut totally mocha. Off. I knew it was a there, mocha. Well, I you, guess, you knew it had a little something in it. You knew it had a, you said macadamia, so, you know, you just went a little flavor. too exotic. It's a coconut. <laughs> so there you go. Coconut is very hard to describe. It's like amaretto. Like, people just have a hard time picking that out as an ingredient. So, now, since wing person number one, wing person number two, you guys... I know you listen to us at least six hours a week, <laughs> and uh, so you're very familiar with what's getting ready to happen, but for those that are new to the show, every week we do a little This Day in History, what happened on April 7th in the past, and we observed last week, if it's anything on the list from the last 10 years, it's already going to be bad news. 
So yeah. let's try and have some kind of good news from the last 10 years. But then the rest of it, it can be just whatever happened in history. Lawrence, as a history professor, uh, you would know better than anyone what happened this day in history. So just off the top of your head, give us like 17 random things that happened this day in sure, history. Sure, sure. I'll try to work my way up to 17. Uh, 30 AD, scholars estimate uh, for Jesus' crucifixion by Roman troops in Jerusalem. So obviously that's left open for some interpretation of that being correct, but they might have been. might have been uh, April 7th, um, 30 AD. Um, moving on, 1521, Portuguese navigator Ferdinand Magellan's fleet reaches Cebu. Uh, I believe that's the same Cebu place that Cebu Pacific gets its name, the yes. uh, airline that some may fly in this part of the world. 1724, Johann Sebastian Bach's St. John Passion uh, premieres in Leipzig. Uh, you also have 1818, General Andrew Jackson conquers St. Mark's, Florida from Seminole Indians. This is, of course, when he was a general. Um, uh, Old Hickory is where he, uh, well, I think he was later named that when he became president. But um, he was he was a really good general in the South, hence he got his popularity from that. Uh, 1921, revolutionary leader Sun Yat-sen is elected president of China at Canton. Uh, though China remains divided into North and South Korea and subject to rivalries of warlords, uh, he was actually came in at a good time here in the, in the early 1900s. And the people actually liked him. He didn't live very long after becoming president, which opened it up for Chiang Kai-shek and, and Mao Zedong to come in and uh, ended up fighting, obviously, the civil war in China. And, and you end up with communist China and Taiwan. You know a lot about China. What's that? Well, well that's, you, yeah. You know, you, you know the pronunciation of the names. Sort of. You know the kids always what laugh happened. At me. The kids laugh at me. Uh, Mao Zedong, in, that is a terrible pronunciation of his name actually mm -hmm. and I, I would have somebody... i wouldn't know any different i call it caramel <laughs> so <laughs> yeah we're gonna move on 1922 warren g harding's interior security uh i'm sorry securities yeah but i can't read english though that's okay uh secretary albert b fall leases the teapot dome oil reserve to harry sinclair setting in motion what comes to be known over the next two years as the teapot dome scandals uh and and I could go into some detail on that a little bit, but like Sinclair of Sinclair Gas and Oil, yeah, like the old Sinclair yeah. gas it was, stations it was with some the green under the dyno table yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I remember I had one of those yeah. little dinos oh, growing up. Those. Yeah, we had one. Fun. The Sinclair station on the corner by my house had a concrete green dinosaur right there instead of a sign. Wow. Yeah. 1926, Mussolini is shot three times by Violet Gibson in Rome, only hitting him in the nose. Uh, Mussolini. Was not a well liked guy. I mean, he had some some uh, follow a lot of followers actually the 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 brown shirts, but not a lot of the general public liked him. And uh, El Duce, yeah, El Duce and De Fiora, those are the two guys. Hitler and he, um, and his end was not real pretty either. Is I've the seen people, pictures. Yeah, people didn't. It's kind of rough. Nineteen thirty four in India, Mahatma Gandhi uh, suspended his campaign of civil disobedience. Uh, first black to appear on U.S. stamp, Booker T. Washington. I should have probably made that a, yes. a question, uh, a little uh, a little um, trivia trivia question there, but we probably guessed all day and not got it. But, hey, I should could have tried. Uh, we'll wrap it up here with a few last things. Oh, uh, speaking of which, uh, today, well, it's Friday now, is the second day of the Masters. Um, but 1951, 15th Masters Golf Tournament, Ben Hogan wins, shooting at 280. Uh, that's over four rounds. Um, over the weekend. 
Uh, and then I'll go down here to the very end and see if I can find... Just something positive, anything good. Like, was there a sunny day on April <laughs> you know, 7th somewhere in the you, world? You know, there's a lot of women's basketball championships today. Really? Uh, Louisville won in 2009. And um, yeah, then there's a couple sad notes, like there always is. Right. Then uh, Kentucky won in 2014 on this day. Um, if you were only reading this list, like if you had just you know come onto our planet and read this list, you would think the last ten years were just awful. Yeah, you really would because it's all bad news in recent history. Amongst things are our 2013, 15 people, including nine children, are killed by the airstrike on. Uh, I told you, Alipo. don't say that stuff. Well, I was just confirming your point, though. I was oh. being a good wingman. I, I thought. Thank I, you. I'm I appreciate sorry. that. No, that's good. But that's good. This is my last one. Last year, 2016, longest ever captured python found in Penang. In Malaysia, found on Penang in Malaysia, twenty-six feet long. Whoa! Oh my word! Oh yes. man! And with those goosebumps, we're going to take yeah. a short break. I think so. Lawrence, hey, thanks a lot for uh, sharing Anytime. with us today. Appreciate Came straight it. from your math meeting up here. Escorted <laughs> Leah up, and uh, yep. we're going to have. She's a bit sluggish coming up the stairs. But we're going to take it. a short break. When we come back. We're going to have our topic of the day with Sarah and Leah, talking about dreams. So stick around. A little more live till five after this short break. with a little more live till 5, 4.35 in the afternoon. <clears throat> Excuse me as I accidentally disconnect my microphone. 4.35 in the afternoon, Friday, April 7th. On this 211th episode of Live Till 5 on KHMG Harvest Family Radio. Two special guests. And when I said special in the first hour, I said special, special, special guests, which is Sarah Rowe and Leah Bear. Which... Their names, although they, I think they're both um, animal names, actually. Mm-hmm. Bear and Roe. I think Roe is like fish eggs, and then... Actually, it's a deer. It's a deer also? A roebuck. Oh, okay, a roebuck. Okay, yeah. Or salmon or eggs. Egg. It Roe. is, actually. It is. Both. There you go. You're like the caviar of our show. <laughs> and uh, you're the hibernating mama that's defending everything that's just awesome so that's a good description yeah so hey you know what we just have fun up here and the reason our topic of the day is dreams is because we've all been talking about it we were uh lee and i were walking across the street the other day from a a recent uh event we had on campus and she was talking about her dream and then sarah she has some pretty vivid dreams and every once in a while i have them too i did a little research actually about dreams this week. I want to share this with you guys, and I want to hear some of your dream stories. But first off, I read some articles about dreams, and do you know that um, spicy food has not been proven scientifically to actually affect your dreams? Now, it can affect your sleep or your body temperature, and that can affect your dreams, but spicy food itself, according to this article uh, from Burning Questions from the publication, uh, I think this is from Wall Street Journal, actually, it does not technically make you have crazier dreams or worse dreams, whatever. 
but the lack of sleep can. So if you're if you're a deep sleeper, you usually don't even remember your dreams very much anyway. If you're more of a light sleeper, you'll remember them more vividly. And there are all different kinds of dreams. So tell me if you've ever had these kind of dreams. Like, first off, daydreaming, which is that level of consciousness somewhere between sleeping and wakefulness. Do you daydream much? I don't know if I do. I'm well, like, usually just out. You're just out and then that's it. Yeah. So... Are you a napper at all? Do you take like naps mm-hmm. and stuff? So what about you, Sarah? Do you daydream at all? Like like if you're taking a nap, do you kind of drift off and mm-hmm. kind of yes, in the... Yes, I have had that happen before. In the twilight usually, zone. Yes. And it's usually like what what's happening right then mm-hmm. yep. um, when I daydream. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take like a 20-minute nap. And uh, I used to lay on the floor in my office because then guaranteed you don't get too comfortable. And someone usually walks in and wakes you up anyway. But you'll start to dream that... You're late for the next thing, and then you wake right up, and then you realize, no, that was just a dream. Oh, yeah. uh, let's see here. There's also lucid dreams, which, uh, contrary to a normal situation, a sleeper is actually aware that they are dreaming, or at least some event taking place in the dream cannot possibly be really happening. And um, they're extremely realistic and vivid. Do you ever have dreams like that? Yes. Yeah. So you're so a I lucid can wake dreamer. Myself up. I'm like, wait a second, this is a dream. Right, yeah, yeah. What, what? There's no way there's a My Little Pony in my room. <laughs> Time to wake up, Leah. There you go. Sarah, do you have lucid dreams? Yes. Okay. I, I think from some of the stories that you've shared with me and maybe one you're going to share today, I would say. Now, I, I read that some people try and train themselves how to control their lucid dreams. There's, there's not a lot of good science on if that's actually possible and it's impossible to measure because you have to take the person's word for it, whether or not they actually did it. Mm-hmm. But um, And then there's these recurring dreams, which is the dream that happens over and over again. Have you ever had a recurring dream, Leah? I don't know if I could say uh, for sure, but as a teacher, you always have this recurring dream that you're in your classroom and everything's out of your control. Yeah. And you're trying to get everybody back together and get everyone quiet and nothing's going the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. So yeah. that may be a common. That uh, It probably is a professional hazard, I would imagine. As a student, I always used to dream of messing up the classroom. So, And that was, a, uh, that was one of those fun daydream things that was happening during math class. Sarah, <laughs> you ever have any recurring dreams, like things that happen over and over again? I don't think I really have. They've all been different. If I, if I had one, I didn't remember. When I was a kid, I would have a, a recurring dream about stacking pennies that I had stacked thousands and thousands of pennies, and then someone would knock them over, and I'd be so disappointed. That's then I'd so wake up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I get the sympathy vote on that one. And then progressive dreams. These occur in a sequence over several nights, and these are very rare or relatively unusual. But if you have a particularly complex problem, it's like you re-enter the storyline. This can even happen all in one night. Like you fall asleep, you wake up, and you fall back asleep, and you want to see how the story ends. And uh, so recurring dreams or these uh, progressive dreams are very unusual. So um, it's just – it's very interesting, uh, some of this stuff that they that that they, they discovered. Like on the lucid dreams, and then I want to hear some of your guys' dream stories, but – Lucid dreams, there was this one guy, Marquis de Hervé of de Saint-Denis, repeatedly tried to dream his own death by directing his lucid dreams towards suicide, but found that the dreams always change the scene to avoid death. It also appears to be impossible to tickle oneself to make yourself laugh. And it's like a natural uh, high level of, of awareness that your brain has to your body. And so uh, they say that it might actually be impossible 
to dream about your own death and actually dream through what it'd be like to die, just like it's impossible to tickle yourself and make yourself laugh because you're too aware. It's impossible to be that unaware. I wonder so, if it's more like self-preservation that yeah. your body mm. just yeah. isn't going to let you. Yeah, it's hardwired. I mean, God made us that way to, to protect ourselves. So, yeah. Now, one more thing, and then I want to hear your story. Do you, have you ever heard of the phrase hypnic jerk? This is not a person. This is something that happens. Have you ever heard of a hypnic jerk before? Actually, I have. It was um, There was a time at Bob, Bob Jones. Uh, we were in chapel, and there was a guy that was sitting in the balcony and he jerked he was uh falling asleep and his bible he was right on the edge of the balcony and it fell into the oh. aisle down oh. <laughs> oh yes the the hypnic jerk is that that in it in that uh, involuntary response that happens as you're starting to doze off and then all of a sudden you kick or you and it almost startles you back awake mm-hmm. and they say that that actually is uh sometimes you have the sensation that you're you're falling or you're just as you're drifting off to sleep. So uh, you react. Basically, that involuntary man muscle twitch, arms, legs, or entire body can be called a hypnic jerk or sleep starts, they also call it. But they don't really know exactly what makes it happen. It's all theories of why your brain does that to your body. But it always seems to happen as you're starting to doze off. And most people, it doesn't bother them so much that they can't go back to sleep. They usually doze right back off. It's almost like you get it out of your system, and then you can sleep really well after that. You almost, I come to expect it. If I'm going to take like a nap on a Sunday afternoon, I'll, that'll happen to me like three minutes in, and then I'll be able to really sleep. So I don't know if it's like resetting my brain. So yeah. now uh, I, I want our listeners to um, share in the enjoyment that I have listening to some of the stories uh, that happen around here. Um, I'll let Sarah tell her story first. Of just give us an illustration of one of your lucid dreams that uh, seems so real, but there's no way it possibly could have been. Um, <laughs> because uh, you have vivid dreams, I have some vivid dreams, but yours make mine look like you know nothing. So tell us one of those vivid, strange dreams that you've had. Um, well, actually, it happened uh, this past year, and I felt like it was one of those. I, I forget what you called it, but it was like in it continues because every time I progressive progressive. So I think it was a progressive lucid dream because everything was like a different episode. So basically I woke up in this, like in the foyer of an opera house and the opera had been finished and we were all talking and I had four other friends with me, but their faces were not clear. They kept changing. So I never knew who was with me probably from looking at Facebook too much, but, (laughs) But then um, all of a sudden we heard um, like a like a, a yell and we look over and this man is holding this black tube of light. Basically it had six holes and it had like LEDs. It had six holes. So you even remember how many holes I it had. I even remember how many holes. Wow. Um, it was really weird. Um, but light was coming through and I was like, what is this? And he started like... Now, there are some parts I won't explain because sometimes those lucid dreams are really scary and I don't yes, want to make this Yes, and this is a family show. This we have small children show. listening right now. But basically, he was kind of weakening. Um, and we, you know how when you dreams, you always know exactly what you're supposed to do. So I was like, we have to find the other ones. And, and all of a sudden, we heard another one. Found out that there were five of them. There's five of his friends. So we gathered. We had to find all these things. Um, and everyone had left. They were so scared. Ended up, we had to put the bars, the black tubes together. And when we did, there was like this flash. 
And then we figured out over time, we couldn't really um, remember something and we'd wake up and um, it would be morning. That would, that we always remembered morning and eventually we figured out that we would turn into dinosaurs at night. <laughs> And there was one room you could be human (laughs) all the time. I know, this is ridiculous. This is going to be the best podcast ever. I know. (laughs) And so we're like, okay, now we know we're dinosaurs at night. So what kind of dinosaur? And um, it was just really interesting. So I found out as the dream went on that um, who one of my friends was because I yelled out their name. And um, I said, where are you going? It's nighttime. We're supposed to, like, be inside this room so we won't turn into dinosaurs. And um, he's like, there's this really weird green light outside. And so we go out there, and there's this, like, old lady, like, putting all this, like, weird concoction together, this green smoke coming. He runs by it, and all of a sudden, his face turns into a (laughs) T-Rex. And I know, this is so strange. And then um, I go over there, and my face starts turning into a Triceratops. Oh, no. I know. And so then we found out that, you know, if we didn't break that curse, we would be dinosaurs forever. And If, if people are just tuning in right now, they, <laughs> they, they might think that they just tur- uh, 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 came into some kind of weird, trippy uh, uh, national public radio show. This is actually just Sarah talking about one of her lucid dreams because the topic today is dreams. And I wanted our <laughs> listening audience to experience what I get experience oftentimes in the office where Sarah literally tells a story that is so vivid. I can picture this whole crazy dream, and she remembers every detail. It's got to be a gift to be able to remember all of that. I mean, every this is how John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> vivid, strange, I mean, six holes in a black object with light coming out. I mean, you remember five friends, and it was a triceratop face. I mean, and you remember all that. That's crazy, Sarah. Now, Leah... How about your dreams? What, what are your dreams like? Um, I'd say within the last couple of years, I've had a lot of vivid dreams. And the most recent one was just a few days ago that I was telling you about. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yes. We're here at, at Harvest. We're in the middle of preparing for the Easter cantata, the Easter musical, and the ballet was coming and performing here at school. So I guess it was Monday night or Tuesday night. Uh, I had a dream that we were combining those two together. We were going to do the Easter musical along with the ballet. We were performing it in the FLC. And Kevin Inafuku is wearing a blonde wig. <laughs> and he's the main character for the oh ballet. Boy. So he's singing and he's doing his, he's his right dancing. Now. Oh, boy. And I'm trying, because I'm normally part of the orchestra, so I'm actually trying to play the keyboard. While the choir is singing, you know, everything's supposed to be going well. And I have no idea what song we're on. So I'm frustrated. I'm I'm flipping through the music, trying to figure out where I should be playing. And nobody's helping me. And next thing I know, our church secretary, Pam Daniel, is trying to do the ballet as well. So she's trying to balance on one leg. Oh, this is just going to be, for all those people that are heading home from church, from Harvest Baptist Church, (laughs) listening to this show right now, this is just priceless. Yeah. So in in my mind, I'm seeing her try to balance on one leg, and she's she's having a tough time. And I'm like, Pam, you're gonna hurt yourself. You need to stop. And I'm still trying to find the song we're on. Doctor Yo eventually comes over, and he's helping me. We get to the song I'm supposed to be playing, and the song is over. 
So a <laughs> little too late on that. Oh, boy. Um, and at that point in my frustration, then I wake up, which is yes. usually how I wake up. It's right. just very frustrated. Yeah, sure, sure. It did not resolve well. No. Man, well, but those... Seeing, seeing Kevin and Ifuku in a blonde wig. Yes. It was kind of like the... Benjamin Franklin. Yes, type well, a powdered, a powdered yeah. type wig. Yeah. Yes, I, you know, just painting these vivid mental pictures for our listening <laughs> audience is probably going to win us some type of radio award. I don't know if there's <laughs> like a an Academy Award of radio, but we we I know we're in the running after this. You think? I think so. Now to wrap this segment up, and then I got to take a break and get to something called real news. Apparently, um, <laughs> I had a dream last night. I had just refed a soccer game. I was super tired. I was freezing cold. Went to sleep. And in the middle of the night, I, I found myself talking, counting out loud. And my wife said, what are you doing? I said, I'm counting. And then I had to ask her today for like what she said. And, but basically, she's like, well, what are you counting? I, and I remember myself. I could not stop myself from saying, because my eyes were so closed, I just said, well, I'm trying to, oh, well, it's too hard to explain right now. It made sense in my head when I was doing it, but now it doesn't make sense coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and then I went back to sleep. And I don't remember what I was counting. At the time, Sheep. I knew we were going to do this on the show today, right? I knew we were going to talk about dreaming. And I said to myself, I do remember saying, I got to remember this tomorrow. But I don't remember what I was mm-hmm. counting at all. So anyway, it's going to be one of those mysteries forever, unless it's a progressive dream, which could happen tonight. And I'll find out that yeah, my face turns know. into a pterodactyl or something just never know so <laughs> that would be awesome well guys i appreciate you coming up today and just kind of hanging out it makes this show more fun when we have guests come up and you know and at least increase my listening audience by two which i <laughs> do appreciate as well <laughs> and you can send the podcast you can chris will have the podcast up on the facebook page later tonight you can send the link to all your friends and family and they can hear about your lucid dreaming hopefully they're not worried about you after that yeah, segment but uh, yeah maybe maybe we'll just keep it between us and our listeners so <laughs> well guys have a great weekend thanks for coming up thank you thank you all right and listeners stick around a little more live till five including the news and wrapping up the show with the invitation to come to palm sunday service here at harvest baptist church stick around more live till five after this break Live till five. We're in the last six minutes of the show, and Chris here is with me to talk about the news. Chris, what's happening in the world right now? Well, some actually some pretty serious stories. Uh, today was uh, a fairly big day in international news. President Donald Trump said on Thursday that he had ordered missile strikes against a Syrian airfield from which a deadly chemical weapons attack was launched, declaring uh, he. Uh, He acted in America's vital national security interests, that's what he's saying, against a security—I'm sorry, I'm having a rough day today here. It's okay. Uh, It seems like a dream, almost, (laughs) Uh, against Syrian President 
uh, Bashar al-Assad. Two U.S. warships fired dozens of cruise missiles from the eastern Mediterranean Sea against the airbase controlled by Assad's forces. This is in response to a poison gas attack that happened on Tuesday in a rebel-held area. Trump took the toughest direct U.S. action yet in Syria's six-year-old civil war, raising the risk of confrontation with Russia and Iran. Those are Assad's two main military backers. Now, U.S. officials insisted they informed Russian forces ahead of the missile attacks that there were no strikes on sections of the base where Russians were present at the time. But they said that the administration did not seek Moscow's approval before the attack took place. Now, Syria is, of course, decrying these attacks and calling them aggression that led to losses. Uh, Rebels, though, welcomed those U.S. attacks as they would um, assistance in their effort to uh, take back the country from Assad's forces. Now, uh, I was going to get into a couple of things here, but I think I'll I'll just... um, move to something that's happening tonight on Guam. And this was kind of a cool thing. I was actually over um, over uh, by the museum uh, a few nights ago. I was taking some long exposure photographs of different buildings in downtown and things in Aganya. And um, what was happening was, is the uh, movie night at the museum, which they show on that outdoor on the wall at the museum. And families can gather tonight at the Guam Museum Uh, beginning at 5 p.m. to watch Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were Rabbit. And that's... That's a very entertaining show, by the way. Right, right. I think it's pretty funny myself. It's like stop motion animation. Yes, right. Yeah. 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 And so it's kind of a a cool thing that happens. Everybody sits out on the the open area there in, I forget, Skinner Plaza. Is that what it's called? Yeah, in Skinner Plaza. And uh, so if you're, this is on Friday night, so if you're listening to the rebroadcast, it's already already happened, obviously, but the pre-movie activities begin at 5, and then the movie starts at sundown, that's at 6.30 p.m., and uh, people are encouraged to bring lawn chairs or blankets, and they can uh, purchase some goodies there as well at concession. Um, It seems uh, odd to go from uh, warships attacking to uh, Wallace and Gromit. But uh, I didn't want to get too far in. Yeah. We've only well, got a few minutes. On, thanks on for ending it on an up show. note, by the way. Sure. So we, you know, we we appreciate the positive uh, public service announcement there. Sure. So, and Chris, you have a good weekend. I'm just going to invite the listeners to uh, join us on Sunday. So you have a great weekend. Thanks. And uh, listeners, if you don't have a church home, come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church. We have our Palm Sunday service this week followed by our Easter service next week. And we're going to have a a wonderful Easter musical coming up on Easter morning, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. We'll talk about that a little more next week. But I really hope you have a great weekend, that you go and worship with your family in a church where they open the Bible and they talk about God's Word and they teach you God's Word and they encourage you to live God's Word. If you don't have a church home or you're estranged from going to church, come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church, 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning right here off of uh, Route 8 behind the mobile McDonald's. You can't miss us, 10.30 a.m. You can find us online at hbcguam.net. You can find our website for the radio station, khmg.org. Listen to the podcast. Send us a message through that. Also find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Like us, leave us a message, let us know you're listening. You're listening to KHMG on 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. That's the end of Live Till Fire for this week. Have a great weekend.